turn in your Bibles, if you would, to James chapter 4. Verse number 7 is where we're going to begin this morning. This is kind of my jumping off point. I, I actually, uh, we're going to be in Psalms and Proverbs for the majority of the message. But uh, James chapter 4, verse number 7 says, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Verse number 8, Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day, and we thank you for, uh, Lord, this wonderful weather you've given us. God, I ask this morning that you speak through me. God, give your people what they need to hear, Lord. Help me, Lord. In your precious name we pray. Amen. So this morning I've, I've uh, I'll just be flat honest, I wrestled with this. I, I worked yesterday uh, trying to put into thoughts that I've had for the entire week on uh, what the Lord has laid on my heart. And, and I'm just going to be open and, and honest and uh, I hope you're blessed. Some of it you'll agree with, some of it you won't. That's okay, it's biblical, you can take it up with God. But uh, I, I kind of got a question for you this morning, and, and the question that was rolling all through my mind all week long is, is, what do we expect to gain when we come to church? You know, do we come to church expecting something from God? Do we come to church just, I used to say, fulfilling our Facebook status, but I don't even see many folks putting that on, on anymore. You know, it used to be a thing, you know, uh, checking in at your church, and I was here, I did my weekly thing. Some of you, some of you are doing it right now. <laughs> so, I think of that. What, what do you expect? Did you come expecting anything from church, from, from the Lord? Did you come expecting anything at all? Maybe some of you didn't. Maybe it's just in the habit and this is what we do and this is why we do it and we don't think about it. But sometimes we need to ask ourselves, are we expecting to hear from God? I hear the old-time preachers, and, and I guess I'm, I'm climbing up there for the younger preachers, but we talk about we just don't want another service. We need a revival. We need God to move. We go to our, our in the winter, we go to winter meetings up at Silvery Lane Baptist Church. Brother Chris Staub, a dear friend of ours, and, and we've been going, uh, this will be 17 years, Lord willing, if we're able to have it. And uh, I, I pray for that meeting on the way home for the next meeting. That's how much I expect to hear from God and see God move. If you will, we go up there, we get our batteries charged for the year. We come back, we're pumped, we're ready to go. And sometimes we come back and we're just blessed. Sometimes we come back and we're challenged. Sometimes we come back and our feelings are, God has given us a whirlwind of emotions and things of that nature and things to ponder and things to correct in our lives. But my friends, we need more than just a service. See, we can go to church. We can be in just a service. God's people are hungry to hear from him. People who are truly on fire to hear, or excuse me, truly know God and want to know God are on fire and they're hungry. And the average church thing won't do it for them. The average, you get up and, and somebody babbling on and, and you're just sitting there and you walk out. And I've been in services like that where my wife and I have locked out. Well, that was a waste of an hour and 15 minutes. It's sad, but it's true. 
I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. The men of God need to prepare themselves to preach what God has given to deliver to you. Because if we don't prepare, my friends, you guys are the ones that pay the price. Right. We'll give an account for our actions, but... If we don't seek what God would have on our, for us to give to you and for what the Lord would lay upon our hearts and we don't do our due diligence and we don't study, we're wasting not only our time, your time, and the Lord's time. I long for the meetings. As I said a moment ago, we, we have two meetings in our minds that we stick out. We have one in the summer and one in the winter that we hang for those meetings. We long. Why? Because it's, God can move any place, anywhere. But I'm here to tell you, some places it's easier for God to move. Yeah. Some places God can sway and the Holy Spirit can flow throughout the pews. People will be crying. People will be moved from the Holy Spirit. You're like, oh, he's talking Pentecostal stuff. There's a difference. I can't explain it. I can't give it to you. I can't, I can't make this. This is only something the Holy Spirit can do in our sweet Lord and Savior. But those meetings are so too few and far between that we long for God's presence. We long. We want him to move to and fro. I come Wednesday night. I was expecting a blessing. I wanted a blessing. I begged God, Lord, on the way down, I need a blessing tonight. Do you ever go to church and you beg God all the way to church and you beg him and you plead with him and you're looking, you're going through your mind's eye, this is a rabbit trail and you're like, okay, what did I send today? Did I get for the forgiveness for that? Did I take care of that? Did I take care of that? Oh, I cut the mail guy off. I should probably ask for forgiveness for that. Some of you, I know how you drive. Messages are filled with pride and personal agendas instead of what God would lay upon our heart. God doesn't need us to fight his battles. And all too often, men use the sacred desk to fight their own agendas. And woe to us preachers that take the oath and stand behind the desk and fulfill our own personal wants, our needs, our desires. But my friends, we need God. I have scriptures, trust me. I don't just ramble on. But we need God and we need him to move in a miraculous way. I'm not just blowing smoke, my friends. I'm really not. No pastor wants their church to grow complacent. No pastor sets out a desire to pastor their church. What's your year goal? Oh, for everybody to be comfy. <laughs> for everybody, nobody to fight. Everybody just to chillax and it's all good. No preacher ever sets, well, I don't know. Maybe there are. <laughs> Maybe there are. <laughs> That's in the job description. But... We fail as leadership if we don't push ourselves so we can push and God can allow you to grow. Because if you sit here every week and every week and every week and every year and every year and you can look back and you say, well, I haven't grown. I'm sorry to say the Bible has been taught and preached throughout this church building. We've been here almost two years now. Come in October, it'll be two years. And if you haven't gotten fed off of anything, I'm sorry. How much have you invested in it? Come on. I'm sorry. How much have you put forth? How much have you looked at the study after the fact? Some, some of us need to chew things over. I'm one of those guys. I am like, need to think about this and ponder this and be, how is this? This guy's crazy. And then I look at it and I take the scriptures and the word of God and compare it. Okay, he might have a little bit of truth in that. And so we'll look at that. And it takes me a while. And I go through that and I finally come to, okay, yeah, that's a good point. How do I apply it? How do I make this function in my life? 
But if you go to church and you're just fulfilling the status and fulfilling the quota that you're frowned upon if you're not here, then that's all you're getting. Our self-gratification, I pulled that off. That's all you'll get. You won't be blessed. You won't be charged. You won't leave the church with a whistle on your tongue. You'll leave the church down and out. With that being said, the two-way street, you put in little, you gain little. That's a promise. The preachers, the men of God, and I don't care if you're any other church, whatever, if they prepare and they're seeking God's will and God lays a message on their heart and they preach their guts out to you and they give everything they got and you come out of there and you walk away and you're like, well, that was boring. Wow, shame on us. Some people are hard to swallow. I'm sure my style is hard to swallow for some of you. I know George is lame. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) No, not at all. (laughs) I've prayed and prayed and prayed all week as the Lord laid this on my heart. Almost, almost begging God Friday night when I was working on this. God, is this really where you want me to go? Is this really your desire? And he didn't flip my page, so we preach on. My friends, some of this is nothing but a true inward sign of where you are emotionally, where you are physically. What I mean by that, spiritually. We get to a point in our lives where we're in our low point and we're down And it feels like God's a million miles away. And I've had those times. I've been in those valleys where you're at work and you're doing your everyday thing. And it's just like, why is this? Why is this so blah? Why do I not have this feeling of just, if you will, hopelessness? Where is the Lord? I remember this winter and I love sun. I love sunny days. I don't know what it is about it. Rainy days, ugh. I know we're coming into depression season. For all of you that know what's around the corner, that S word ends in O. Get it? Snow. (laughs) Some of you are still asleep. I'll, I'll keep it down so you can rest. But I remember driving down the road and I was turning a corner and the sun was blazing and I'm praising God. I thanked him. I said, thank you. I pray all the time when I'm driving. Most of you pray when I'm driving because you don't want to be on the other side of me. But I'm praying. I'm talking to the Lord. I said, God, I said, I thank you for this day. But I said, I don't understand why I'm not happy. What's wrong? Where did I do? Did I do something wrong? And then I tear it apart a million ways and try to figure out every angle why it's broken. I didn't get that that day. But we hit our low points in life, and all of you do, and you can't sit there with a straight face and tell me the truth that you've never done, gone through that. But if we turn our hearts and make him our only focus, and this is what I make a practice to do, is focusing on God. What does he have for me? What's in today's list of things that I can accomplish for him? When we turn our focus on him, his heart, where our, our hearts are filled with his presence. In Psalms 34, 18, if you want to flip over there, I'm going to read this to you. If you don't want to flip there, that's fine. You can go there on your phone, move Facebook aside, Bible, click, Psalms, click. Psalms 34, 18, it says, The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and save such be of a contrite spirit. Why do you think God is that? Why, why, when you find a broken heart and you find a brokenness, God is right there. The answer is obvious, that there's times that that's the only way God can get our attention. 
how, how disappointing for us as Christians, mature Christians that know the Lord and know what we're all to be doing, and we have to get God to the point that he has to do something horrific to get our attention. Psalms 46, 1 says, God is our refuge and our strength and our very present help in trouble. Do we run to God or do we run away from God? All too often, when we hit problems and struggles and situations in our lives, what do we do? We want to fix them ourselves. If you're a go-getter and you've got a drive and an energy and a passion and you're like, I can figure this out. We enter into God's presence by preparing our heart as we come to him. We come close to him. We beg for God to move. And I'm not talking some superficial anything like that. I'm talking God moving in our lives and our hearts. And there's a difference. And I can't buy that for you and I can't give you that. Only the Lord can. Psalms 51.10 says, 51.10 says, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence. And take thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Uphold me with thy free spirit. Verse number 11, if you caught that, it said, Cast me not away from thy presence. And cast, or excuse me, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Folks, that, that's... Begging God not to walk away from us, not to leave us. God never forsakes us. But you know, when we put sin in our life, I was thinking of Moses this week. I wanted to preach on this, but he didn't give me peace about it, so we didn't do that. But Moses, when the cloud fell upon the, and, and the dew was there, and where Moses was waiting in the presence of God, ah, how awesome that would be. Some of you are like, weirdo. But to have God where you can see his presence some of you are really freaking out right now. <laughs> There's a wonderful joy in the salvation that comes with our innermost from being where God dwells in our heart. Let me simplify this. When you're saved, you know you're saved and you know what you've been forgiven of. Sometimes it takes a different manner. Sometimes if we're raised and we know nothing of the world, we know not what we've been saved from. We have no taste of what hell lurks outside these doors. And we almost take it for granted, this is all I ever know. My kids, they have never known anything else but to be in church. Not one of them has ever been, to my knowledge, a Sunday where, unless they were sick, skipped church. But we forget about what that sweet salvation was. We forget about when we were washed away. We maybe don't forget about it mentally, but we forget about it in our heart to where it's just a thing, just a day. Some people can't even remember when they accepted the Lord. They say, well, I remember my mom told me when I was a kid I did this. There's something wrong there. You know, I wasn't smart enough. I was a hyper 13-year-old kid. Miss Sandy gave me chocolate right before I came up here. So, you know, put that together. I'd chow a bag of M&Ms and do 40 mile an hour around the church while the preacher was preaching. I didn't know that I should remember that day. I, don't, I, don't, I didn't have a clue. I remember exactly where I was. I remember exactly what I was doing when I accepted the Lord. The Lord washed my sins away. My friends, that is something sweet. But we forget about it. 
We forget about it. We come to so complacency with our life and fulfilling our daily tasks and making sure we study and pray for others and maybe challenging heaven forbid, sending a card of encouragement. We get comfy. God is to know. God is everywhere. Psalms 139.7 says, Wherever thou shalt go from thy spirit, wherever shall I flee from thy presence. Proverbs 15.3 tells us, The eyes of the Lord are are in every place. Behold the evil and the good. Since God is everywhere and he knows everything and everything we're doing, he knows our thoughts. He knows our desires. He knows where we want to really be in life. The realization of God's presence. See, we don't think about that. I'm going to get to that in a second. You ever remember a time when you're wanting to hear from God? When you really desire to answer on something? I like word studies. I'm, I'm a big nerd for word studies. It's hard for me to build one message without starting six or seven other ones. And, and, and it, I got stuck this week on the dew of heaven. Oh, heaven's sakes, I can't wait till that's done. But you ever get to the point where you want God to move and you're begging him to work? Some of you have never been there. Some of you have, I can tell by your eyes, I can tell by your facial expressions, you've no idea what I'm talking about. And you're weirded out by me. But there's a point in time when you come to your life and maybe you haven't been there yet. And you know, that's okay. Maybe it just hasn't been God's time for you yet. But when you desire to seek God's face. Study in Moses. We want to really know what God has for us. We study, we pray with an open heart that we must serve him. Get involved. The, the ministry outreach here is astronomical. I know churches that couldn't even begin to start an outreach ministry of any ramifications because no one will move to make it happen. There's so many. I talked this week to the town of Pearson for uh, Tomatoes Festival and, and uh, talking with them, getting the ball rolling for that and where do they need from us, blah, blah, that kind of thing. And, and she's like, I, I just want to say thank you so much that you guys want to be involved. And, and I explained to her why I'm here and that kind of thing in a nutshell. You know, I don't broadcast that everywhere. But I explained to her the situation. I said, I've never seen a church with such an outreach to the city of such a high importance to reach the town they're in. That's the honest truth. If you're currently serving in a position and you've fallen out of love, get this, focus. If you have fallen out of love with that position and you despise it and you're like, oh great, I preach this time or I have to do this Sunday school or I have to clean the church or I have to, whatever the case may be. Or maybe you can't put a, 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 a thing in that hole. You say, what do you mean by that? Meaning you don't do anything physically in the church. Find something. You know, one of my senior saints in my church, it was her blessing. She loved to get little things and, and she'd send cards and little, you know, cheesy little gifts and whatever. And just, just to be a blessing. You'd be like, here, I got this for you. I'm like, what? You didn't have to do that? She said, that's what I love to do. You have no idea how encouraging it is to get. My kids get letters from Pastor Fishburne, just the same as, as some of the kid, people with younger kids that have birthdays and that kind of thing. You get a card in the mail. 
You get some home right. The kids are opening up. My kids are greedy little jerks. They'll like shake it. Where's the 50? <laughs> but this only matters if you desire to serve him in a physical way. Now, we still study. We still long to be closer to God. We still work on our scriptures. We still work on our prayer life. It's an everyday battle. Just because we serve in some position in the church and you might be on the platform or whatever doesn't mean that you don't have to work for your walk with God. It's a relationship. It's a two-way street. I'm going to speed it up because some of you are asleep. Again, this only matters to desire. I told you I told you that. Having our pastor's heart, we aim to grow. We aim to get, gain the better knowledge and the better understanding of the scriptures. You know, I know men of God who've passed away, and they die, and they go to glory, and they're in heaven. And my instant carnal mind thinks, man, can I have their biblical wisdom? Because that's pretty much gone. Those people that have studied and worked their tails off to understand this. Genesis 28, 15 says, And behold, I am with thee, and keep thee in all places, whether thou goest, and bring thee again into this land, for I will not leave thee, and I have not done that which thou hast spoken thee of. And Jacob awakened and out of his sleep, and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. There's the crux of the message for you. Has God moved in a place in your life and it's time and you didn't know it? I've had weeks where the Lord's laid on my heart. You need to reach out to this person. You need to give that person 50 bucks. You need to, you need to send this person a card. You need to call them. You know, I've argued with God and the Holy Spirit before and I've not done that. I'm like, eh, that'll be all right. Who am I to tell God what to lay upon someone's heart? Woe is me. Deuteronomy 4.29, but if thou thence, thou spirit, seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him. The Bible says if we seek after him, that means studying. That means going after the same desires that he has. God's desires for us to grow, for us to win the loss, for us to encourage, for us to build up. Not for us to tear down. If we have a goal to destroy everything and tear everything down, I've, I've heard, for all sakes almighty, I'm going to get emotional. I've heard preachers that have gotten up and, and just destroyed people. And it just breaks my heart. I sat, I shut up, James. James 4, 8 says, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse ye hands, ye sinners. Purify your hearts, ye double-minded. You know, we look at that verse and think, wow. Clingy hands. Sometimes there's fault of our own in this game, and, and we really need to take it for what it is. Sometimes God's trying to tell you something. Sometimes God's got a job for you, and, and you won't see it. The sign-up sheets on the back of the, the, the tables for the meals and the things like that. How exciting of that to be involved. Yeah. But you know what we see? We see the same ones doing it. Yeah. But then you know what? Let me, let me flip that for you. And, and, and I know where some of you think, well, they've got it all covered. Or that's the leadership of the church. That's what they do. We're begging for somebody else to step up. I cheat. I'll go to the grocery store, get a bag of cookies, throw them on a plate, wrap them in some ran wrap, throw it on the table. <laughs> Done. 
It cost me four bucks, <laughs> about 30 minutes of time to drive to the store. Exodus 33, 14, where Moses is talking to the Lord, and he says, See thou, see, sayest thou unto me, bring up this power, and thou hast let me know that thou wilt send with me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name, and he has found grace in my sight. Therefore I pray thee, that he found grace in my sight, show me now the way that I might know thee. That I might find grace in the sight and consider that this nation of people. Folks, God has a desire to know us. God has a drive to see where we are and for us to grow and for us to witness to others. Let me plug this just for a minute. What do you do during Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday through Friday? Do you encourage those? You say, I don't like, I don't like talking to people. It makes me nervous. I don't like, well, heaven's sakes, encourage them. You know, you'll never win anybody to the Lord if they know that you're fake. If you go up to somebody and you're blowholing it, forgive me, and you're not being very nice and you're just trying to fulfill a status or a quota or whatever, you're just whatever you're doing. If you don't care in your mind, in your heart about that person, they're going to take that big old switch and go click and turn you off. And they're going to listen to you as you go on and on and on and babble, babble, because that's all they're hearing is la, 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 la. How long till this guy hushes up? Because they know. They know. And they can read it. And we're never going to win them unless we care. Brother Rich said Wednesday night, three times it takes for the average person to actually process and understand the gospel and accept it and to walk forward or, or to kneel down or to, or to pray where they are. I think we get discouraged at the second time and we walk away from it. Or the fifth time. Or the eighth time. And we, we turn our hearts and say, well, I don't know what to do with them. God said in verse 14, he said, my presence shall go with thee. And I will give thee rest. This morning, Brother George talked about that in Family Bible Hour. The rest that God gives us charges us up to go forward for him. God is not here. I'm almost done. Some of you are bored out of your mind. I'm sorry. God is not here for human terms, for human whims, or whatever our grandest desires of. God's not our puppet. God's here. Think of this. He sent the son. I was thinking of the garden this week. I've done so much digging in this. I've downsized the snot out of this thing. Jesus was in the garden and in prayer. And I thought of God. You know, what, what was God doing while Jesus was in the garden? And he's praying. I, just so many questions, so many facets to this. The Lord showed me this verse, reminded me of this verse, John 16, 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth that if you, it is expedient for you that I go away. 
For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. That Holy Spirit. There's times in my life I yearn to hear from the Holy Spirit. I want that touch. There's times there's dry spells that you go through and you're just doing the thing that you do. Maybe the physical limitations, the health, the sickness that is going around right now. Be in prayer for Brother Phil Skipper. If you don't know him, just remember that name, Phil Skipper. He's an evangelist. He's a good friend of ours. He's fighting the COVID right now. In the hospital, the whole nine yards. Real great deal. His wife, Barbie's stuck in their coach and, and trying not to go insane. Be in prayer for that family. Skipper, like skip to my loo. Please remember to pray for them. But the physical limitations... And the health. I have to wonder how Satan uses these things to, to deter us. You know what a testimony. Coming to church sick. I've preached sick as a dog. Not today. Everybody's like, uh. But I remember going to church in Napanee. And I was freezing. And then I'm hot. And the whole nine yards. And there's nobody to do what I needed to do. I'm like. Well, Amen. So let me wrap this up for you. There's a lot of loose ends on this thing. and I'm You want God to move. You desire to see him work in your life. This is the nutshell of it. Be active. Yeah. You can't do anything if you don't get moving. Right. You, can't do, you can't make a decision, well, I'm going to serve in this thing, or I'm going to do this or that or the other. And... and, and I'm not talking serving on, you know, the flower committee or whatever. We don't have one of those, do we? Don't think so. <laughs> Some of you will get that tomorrow. I'm talking service like getting your knuckles bloody, like working for the Lord. You know, I, I was over here this week working, and, and uh, Brother Hartrip was out cutting the grass. And, uh, and, you know, it's just like it's a hot day. He's just out there doing his thing. Yeah, there's so much stuff to be done. You say, I don't know how to, I don't know what to do. Ask the preacher. There's so many little things. I come in here and he's cutting something out. Give me that. I'll do that. He says, he shows me where to do it. Don't put your finger here. You'll chop it off. How do you get involved? How do you see the Lord work? You get busy. I don't know what the answer is for you. That's kind of why I'm rambling at that point. What God has for you to do is what God has for you to do. That's not for what me to do. That's not for what Brother George to do. That's not for Brother Mike to do. What God has for you to do is for you. Teaching Sunday school, helping out with the kids. The VBS was amazing. We're all drained by the end of VBS. Physically, emo I mean, everybody's just out of it. But at the end of the week, and we see five folks saved. That's amazing. Churches are begging to have their doors open right now, and they can't. Churches are sealed by state order right now across our country in other states. They can't do a VBS. They can't sit in church and fellowship with one another and hear from God's word directly face to face. I'm going to tell you what. I, I really, this is a rabbit trail. This is free, and I think the clock says I'm done, so... This is my free trail for you. The folks that say, you don't need to go to church to be a Christian. Amen. Well, let me tell you, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. It's not a requirement. It is a requirement 
that we've been found faithful. It is a requirement that we not to forsake the assembly of ourselves. But you know what also is the byproduct of that? Now, I was here, we were all here when we had parking lot church, and there was only a handful of us that were outside the cars. And there's something about that longing, that lack of human interaction with one another that all of us went through this March and February and all that when we were all cooped up and they had everything sealed in. If you don't have that fellowship with one another, you're going to dry up. The well will stop to produce. Why is that? You know the analogy where they're filling the cup and my cup runneth over. Scriptures tells us. Well, if your cup is running over, you have nowhere else to dump it on. We won't do anything for God. We'll sit there and struggle. We'll wonder why things aren't right. This week, I challenge you, I beg you to go forth, encourage one another, build one another up. Be a testimony to someone else in your life. And long for those meetings where God moves. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Dear Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for the power that your word holds. God, I pray this morning that, Lord, forgive me, it doesn't fall on deaf ears. Lord, I pray this morning, there was a lot of facets to this, that, Lord, I know some are encouraged, Lord, some are extremely challenged. Lord, some are hurting. God, I pray this morning that you work in a mighty, powerful way. Lord, if there's any here that don't know you as their Savior, Lord, I pray they don't walk out that door without getting that settled. We're not guaranteed tomorrow, Lord. Your word tells us life is nothing but a vapor. God, I pray that you be with them. Help them. Give them the courage to come forth, grab somebody, and get that settled. No shame, no discouragement, Lord, but getting that salvation nailed down. Lord, we pray for those that are sick right now, Lord, fighting this thing and and all the colds and flus and hay fevers and everything else. Lord, we pray that you give strength. Lord, we pray that you touch and work in our bodies. Keep us safe, Lord. God, finally, I pray for each one as we go out this week and we're, we're doing our jobs. Help us, Lord, to be found faithful. Help us to be caught doing what you would have us to do. Under no circumstances being embarrassed or ashamed of what you are and who you are. Lord, we thank you for the wonderful week you've given us. Lord, I beg you to work in your mighty, powerful way. Amen.